five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That was the incomparable <laughs> Martin Denny. A little quiet village to start you off this morning. Um, got kind of a bit of a retro 70s throwback theme going on today. It's like we're having a little bit of a lounge party to celebrate the political death of the witch from New Zealand. Jacinda Arden, Arden, Jack, Jack Arden. It's a rare moment where we can celebrate with some degree of Schadenfreuden. And I have no problem, no problem whatsoever feeling some degree of satisfaction. And uh, if I really spent some time with it, maybe even a little joy to uh, since my channel here and you know, I can say what I want, which I often do, watching that bitch go down. It's great to see tyrants fall absolutely great and she fell i don't know why she fell i don't know i don't know the details i'm not even sure i need to know but she was up in that podium yesterday and she was in tears can you think about all the grief and all the uh, uh anger and frustration that she caused other people to feel in that country. Whatever she felt, it was not enough. I can guarantee you that. And maybe there's more to come. Maybe there's more in her future where she comes to uh, some sort of deeper personal reckoning over the lives she wrecked. New Zealand was one of the most despotic places on the planet when it came to COVID-19 and COVID lockdowns. New Zealand, Australia, Canada, what do they all have in common? They're protectorates of the crown. Some might say that um, the ownership of those protectorates has shifted, just like it shifted back in the uh, 90s when the crown handed over hong kong 
to the Chinese. Some may say that that also occurred as well. But here we are in the aftermath of the death of the queen, and we've had nothing but chaos in a lot of ways since the passing of the queen. And correct me, I'm not always right, but correct me, did we uh, did we witness the coronation of King Charles? I don't know. Maybe on a different Mandela timeline it happened. I I didn't see it. Don't they don't they stop the world for moments like that? Speaking of English, the crowd behind me is English. Can you tell? This is not an American seventies crowd, but they're representing. They're definitely representing. You got the cigarettes. That might be a little glass of port there. It is England. They drink port in England, apparently. Uh, this is a good moment. Uh, yesterday on Ask for Weather, I was looking at the Sun-Pluto conjunction, and I mentioned the, the death of a political figure. And you know what? I wasn't that far off. That is the professional death of a political figure. And I think it takes, let's just take a moment. One moment to celebrate the fall of an absolutely insidious, petty, tyrannical figure. Just to celebrate it. It's a high five that. Not only did she resign, right? She's not going to run in February. She resigned in disgrace. What? And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And again, I don't even really need to know. All I know is that she gone. So I wanted to play kind of a little, little lounge to start us off today, kind of loosen things up here as we move into the weekend. As the sun gets ready to move into Aquarius, where the inhalation, the exhalation of spirit, an air sign, new currents circulating in our personal and our collective lives. Here's to you, Jack. May you never come back. All right. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Davos today. I just wanted to use this opening for the show to get into the Ardern, the Ardern affair. And I think it's effective. But we're going to talk a little bit about Davos um, and really weird speeches. And, you know, this happened last year when um, the whole uh, World Economic Forum um, band boys showed up. And they were doing a lot of kind of boots on the ground interviews with attendees that were, we'd probably consider them to be seedless attendees. Not very impressive people. I have to say, not very impressive people. Middle of the road, middle managers. Not even middle of the road, just middle managers. 
middle managers inspired by some vague and nebulous vision of the future. Well, we are at the cusp of a very great change. We have never faced a crisis like this before. In this time, we have the opportunity reset our society and take a more responsible relationship with our stakeholders. <laughs> ah, I'm giddy. I'm giddy over the fact that Jack Arden woke up this morning knowing that her reign of terror has come to an end. Now, who knows? They may put somebody else in there that might be just as bad. I'm sure if they could be worse. The only thing that would make that person worse is if they just started executing people in the streets versus locking them in their homes and telling them when they pass their neighbors, don't say much. Just keep moving. Try not to breathe. She said that shit. And she tried to keep a straight face. Change into the guard. There's another change into the guard that might be imminent. And in fact, I'm going to bring something up today that I don't think many people have really talked about. And I'm going to address the possibility of something occurring right before our very eyes that we're not paying close enough attention to. It's called a tease. Look at all those happy people in the background. They were happy back then. Little did they know. They should put down their port and their fags and trained, hardened. Because the future was not as cheery as they were toasting to. No, I'm just kidding. There is some truth to that, though. We got soft. We all got soft. I got soft. We all got soft. What happens when you get soft? You're vulnerable. Easy to get soft. Easy to take things for granted. Easy to indulge in the uh, convenience of the modern world. Everything's at your fingertips. The future's unlimited. Oh, and we have plenty of things along the way to fuel your journey most of which are going to be ultimately deleterious to your journey, unless, of course, you bottom out, and in which case you might be able to reset yourself and then move on and get to another level. That's, that's quite possible. All right. Um, why don't we segue into a trip into... Uh, the ambient realms of true hemp science. 
who is the sole and only sponsor of the show. I only have one. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having just one sponsor. You know why? Because it's a good sponsor. It's a product I believe in. It's a business I believe in. It's a person I believe in. What more do you need? So let's get into some true hemp science. I wish I could queue up some more Martin Denny. Because it seems really appropriate here with the uh, landing page. Let me take you in there. Weren't those peacocks beautiful? Rich people like to get peacocks. Let's get some peacocks, shall we? They'll look splendid. They'll look splendid on the property. They'll remind us of our opulence. Peacocks apparently are a pain in the ass. They're great to look at, but apparently they're a pain in the ass. Peacocks are high maintenance. All right. Let's talk about maintenance, overall maintenance for your body, mind, spirit. We got True Hemp Science and a plethora of products that are mindfully crafted for your health. We're talking some of the best CBD, organically sourced hemp. This is so important. I keep reading these reports of graphene oxide in bottled water. I was having a discussion uh, with the lovely and talented one this morning, telling me that they're, according to some of the things she's seeing, that there is graphene oxide in some general anesthesias that are used in her line of work. Think about that. There's ongoing discussions about incorporating mRNA into our food. That's right, food. Vegetables, livestock, you name it. So when there's all these things that are polluting and, and, and toxifying our, our life source, water, food, et cetera. It's good and important to know that true hemp science doesn't let anything like that happen. Chris is involved in picking the sources for his hemp. He oversees the production of it, the bottling of it, the sending of it from start to finish. Watchful eyes are engaged in the creation uh, and the distribution of this product. And what can it do? It can help you with inflammation. It can help you with any number of things. I use it for sleep. I went to bed a little late last night. I'm trying to change my sleep cycle a bit. 
but it had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't have a gummy. Once I took the gummy, 30 minutes later, boom, there she went, right? <clears throat> so the gummy was effective. It was just my uh, addiction to stimulation in the media that wasn't. Anyway, here's the deal. If you go to triumphscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23 and spend $100 or more, you get free product. And I got to I got to give it up to you, Chataria. When um, the website was down, you were calling Chris up and placing your orders, which is great. So even when technology was not as uh, streamlined and online over the past few days, you were still able to take your orders and take care of your CBD needs. So you get free product and $150 or more, you get free shipping. When you check out, use the code 15MINS, 15MINS, and you will get that free product. All right. Let's go back to the party. Cheers. Where do we want to start today? You know, yesterday I felt very heavy. And I delivered a monologue about the plan, the disruption. And the fact that this has been going on for a very long time and where we are in the midst of it all. And clearly, we're, we're, we're hacking our way out of a jungle. Really, this is, this is where we are. We're, we're hacking our way out of a jungle. It's almost like a, an alien abduction. You're driving around your car. Everything's cool. And all of a sudden, you wake up in a jungle somewhere, right? It's like, how, did, how the fuck did I get here? And you look around and you, you know, fashion yourself a branch of sorts, right? Pick off the twigs and you start hacking away. And eventually, at some point, Maybe you'll run across somebody that has a machete. It makes it a little bit easier. But that's what it's like. We're hacking our way through this jungle. We woke up and all of a sudden we're surrounded by all this overgrowth and, you know, vermin, venomous toads, lizards, snakes, massive insects that really get your attention that's where we are but we're hacking our way out and i think that's the that's the important part what does it mean to hack your way out well every day that you're alive and you are engaged in the process of living to the best of your ability whatever that is and everybody's got a different touch point with that but to the best of your ability to be creative, to be empathic, to be, to be compassionate, to be create courageous, to be truthful, to live your life with a healthy standard and a healthy mean. And every day you do this, you're hacking your way through the jungle. 
So when something like that happens all the way across the world and the wicked witch of Kiwi land is in her cups and about to resign. Well, she is resigning, not running for You had a hand in that. You had a hand in that. We're gonna we're gonna adopt chaos theory here. You know, that's when a butterfly flaps its wings in China and there's a storm in Africa. That theory, Ralph Abram, Ralph Abrams. I interviewed Ralph Abrams one time. Cool guy. Very interesting. Devoted following with his students. That's what we're talking about. The chaos theory of you living your life in a way that is productive and meaningful for you. It has an impact somewhere. Now, I may not be able to take you down the highway step by step and stop by stop, city by city to bring you to the podium of Jacinda Ardern's resignation but I really don't have to because ultimately this is how it works. Now, who knows? Maybe there's white hats. Maybe there's gray hats. Maybe there's teal hats. I don't know. Maybe behind the scenes, they got her. Maybe that's the case. All we know is today there's one less tyrant in the world forever how long right whoever takes that position whoever steps into that role will be different they'll either be more tyrannical or they'll be more obsequious but still try to carry out the same plans we'll see new zealand congratulations congratulations this is a great day for you all right, let me get into Chataria, and um, let's see what you guys are up to today. Let's see who's in the house. All right, there he is, my man, DJ MC. Hello, Michael. It is Thursday, your favorite day. I was born on a Thursday. I like Thursday too. Remember, remember back in the day when you used to go out, you used to party. People were like, "Man, Friday is such such an amateur night. It's such an amateur night. The real hot night is Thursday. Thursday is the cool night to go out on." You know why? Because there's not, as, there's not as many people on Friday. You can feel the energy of Friday coming on. You've got other people who are thinking the same thing. You've got your own little private Friday on Thursday. And then eventually that became Wednesday. <laughs> Once Thursday got too populated. By the people who were reconfiguring Friday, it's like, hey, man. Wednesday's the day. Wednesday is really the day. Those Thursday people, they think they've found some kind of 
secret club and place and time. Trust me, it's Wednesday. I think I got off the wagon on Wednesday. I think I got on the wagon on Wednesday. Um, okay, look, it, there's chemtrails out there. It's a chemtrail day. All right, who else do we have? Orlando World. 9-11, Orlando World. Nine, welcome. Glad you're here. Anybody coming over for Astro Weather? Glad you can make it. The fantastic one, C.C. Jones. Sony, the classy one. There's my man TJ, Thomas Jordan, Double K, Catherine Kramer in the house. We got Double K and Double J. We got double trouble. Morning, JJ. Good to see you here. Let's see. Lots of uh, lots of Rocky jumping on board. Sea Pines. There she is, Our Highness Queen Lisa. Good morning. Give King Pat our best. Hucklebuck 411. Checking in. This is so nice to see after seeing only white the last couple. Yeah, wasn't that a beautiful journey? That was such a beautiful journey. A journey into the tropical past. My parents used to listen to Martin Denny. I grew up listening to that stuff. But you know, they weren't hipsters. They were just listening to that music. Sea Pines. Morning. Here's Lisa W. Hi, Lisa W. Morning to you. Thunder. What's up, Big Daddy? Happy Thursday, Miss Nikia. Good morning to you. Who else do we have? Yup, boys, a man, JC. I have all of the Martin Denny albums. I get them all at one time at the Goodwill. There you go. Whoops. Yacht boy showing his uh showing his knowledge there. That's a deep, that's a deep bin dive. Maurice Century. Good morning, Maurice. Let's see who else do we have? Mary, Mary Lee. Hi, Mary. I'm trudging through this January. Keep moving, Mary Lee. Keep moving. Keep moving forward. Yeah, Johnny, I don't have an answer to that question. I'm just going to have a very superficial celebration. And that's all right for me. The first uh, British Britannia coins with Charles profile on the obverse have been released. Well, that's something. Thanks for the update, Hucklebuck. When they change the coinage, they're making a statement. Thanks for that update. Kelly B., how could you almost forget this show? It wouldn't be the same without you. Cyborg, hit the road, Jack. Don't come back no more. That would have been a really good song. That would have been a really good song. Good call. Hope Cabal didn't give her the boot because she's not tough. Oh, I don't think that's the problem. 
I don't think that's the problem. Some, something else. There's something else there. But she was crying. She wasn't angry. She wasn't defiant. She was crying. Good morning, Timothy Hartful. Good to see you. I'll be honest. I was listening to Leo King live while I was working. Time got away from me. Oops. I'm glad you could pry yourself away from David. You remembered me. You remembered us. Thank you for that. David's up this early, or did he do a did he do a show last night? I'd be shocked if David was up this early doing something. But maybe this is what happens as uh, you you're on the bullet train to parenthood. You're getting training for sleepless nights. Kabuki theater. Remember when monks lived in caves? That was good living. Let's see. Cremo. You were exceptionally poetic yesterday, Robert. Needs to be recognized. Full ways. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. In, in honor of you, the year of the rabbit, the queen of the rabbits. By the way, there's a channel that follows me on YouTube called Rabbit City. It is the weirdest channel. And Rabbit City was in chat or left a comment, uh, I think, on my Sunday night show. And Rabbit City has all these odd videos of his rabbits, but he names the titles of the videos after, like, me, uh, David Palmer. It's, like, really strange. Really, really strange. But I don't mind it. Anyway. For the first time I've been here, since I've been here two years ago, two years now, I saw a rabbit. I saw a rabbit run across my, my drive. Like, oh, that's interesting. It's the year of the rabbit. Well, almost, and I just saw a rabbit. Made with snowy hemp from Wisconsin. Let's see who else we have. Scrubbies. Uh, chiming in on the graphene, getting put into feminine products. Ooh. Keep your graphene out of, out of my, out of my erogenous zones. Okay. Or any other zone for that matter. Who else do we have? Let's see. Yesterday did feel heavy. Man, I was really channeling the heavy yesterday. Let's see, that's the only thing I could attribute yesterday's show to. This um, the sun and Pluto were trining my sun. Felt like I was really channeling that um plutonic intensity. And I was, you know, it was like, bring it, you know, bring it. It, it because I was um I was integrated with what I was feeling and integrated in the way where I didn't have any what ifs or, or the, 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 
the sensors in my head were not there. Yeah, because sometimes when you do these things and you and you start talking and uh, go down a certain path and try to find connections and some of these metaphors, et cetera, there's the sensor in the head, the filter. It's like, okay, if I say this in a certain way, how will it be perceived? It has to happen very, very quickly. And so you have to make a spontaneous choice. Am I going to say this thing? If I say this thing, how am I going to say this thing? Yesterday, I didn't have the sensor in the head, which was an interesting process. So thank you for that. Um, let's see who else. LMN, her tank is empty, but her bank account is full. Secure to space in the apocalypse bunker. Maybe. Maybe. If that were me, it's always interesting to project who we are onto these abstractions in the world. But if that were me and that were the case, I wouldn't leave crying. It'd be like, see you later. I'm in a safe space. I'll be in a safe space and you won't. That's not how she looked. So even if she does have the, uh, the cushy condo with um, the golden ticket, she didn't seem very happy. Let's see, who else do we have? Da, 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 da. The, the, the song for Arden, TNUC by Grand Funk. The Bisu's in the house. Hi, the Bisu. Loving the Astro. Thank you. The stream is like too much for me. Going to head out. Okay. Take care, LMM. Kamala. We're going to get into Kamala today. Maybe one of her relatives has a vaccine injury. Beth Berry, I don't think she would care very much. Based on what I've seen. I wonder who or what will follow her. Good question. Rabbits have taken up residence in my backyard. Ooh. How about that? Nicholas Grimms. Hi, Nicholas. Or, no, I'm sorry, Nick, not Grimms, Grimm. Hi, Nicholas. Welcome to the show. Okay. Let's get into some of this WEF stuff. I wanted to play you a couple of videos of these morons. Sorry, that's what they are. They're morons. And it'll show you um, just how pathetic these people are. I mean, really pathetic. Let's see what we have here. 
got that, I got that. Okay, so here they are. These people are so out of touch. They're so painfully out of touch. And some of them, the upper, the upper middle management wonks who are either completely sold out, bought and paid for, or they're smoking the hopium and believing that they're taking part in a great transformation of the planet. There are some people who believe this. They actually believe that they're playing a vital role in saving the planet. And Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and uh, all the entities involved. It's not just the World Economic Forum. You got BlackRock, Larry Fink, you've got Vanguard. They're all part of the story. And they're all on the same page. And in the rare air of Davos, you're being initiated into being one of the elite who will help save the world. That is what John Kerry is going to talk about right here. It's only a 39-second uh, soundbite. But there's a couple things about Kerry I want to point out here. First of all, he looks really old. Really old. There was a period maybe about a year ago, year and a half, two years at the max. Kerry kind of resembled an older version of the laydown loser who uh, conveniently did not protest George W. Bush's win in the presidency. That's why he was there. He was He's a Skull and Bones member. He was there to take the fall. And keep his mouth shut. Easy. Plenty. Why? Because by that time in the second term, George Bush was reviled. Reviled. He rode the crest of a wave of popularity with an emphasis on popular in the population, right? And That was all post 9-11. For some weird reason, people invested in George Bush as a courageous and heroic leader in the ashes of 9-11. One of the greatest mysteries I've ever witnessed. That was a magic trick to turn that entity into an older version of Zelensky. He's not an actor, right? But we know Zelensky is like a cutout. And George Bush was a cutout. He was a cutout. And right after 9-11, he became the face 
of America rebuilding its psyche and its sense that it's an important player on the world stage, even though it had this completely chironic moment, right? That is some magic. That is some illusion. And by the time he was through with that first term, people wanted to strangle him. He was not well-liked. And people, even if they were drinking the Kool-Aid and they watched what was happening with the whole weapons of mass destruction, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, if you're paying attention, even with half of one eye open, you could feel that something wasn't right, right? There was something not right there. And even when it came out later that they were wrong, and it wasn't that much later, they were wrong, that they had lied to the American public. All that stuff was kind of coming out. You know, people were tired of, you know, this, you know, ongoing conflict and engagement, but there was Abu Ghraib, you know, Gitmo starts to metastasize, like, ooh, what's this? He was not very popular. So they had to bring the ringer in. The ringer was John Kerry. Both of them members of Skull and Bones. So listen to what John Kerry had to say yesterday. He's not looking good. He's looking old. When you, when you look at these people, when you look at these people, and maybe, maybe this is part of, you know, their being able to hold on to their golden ticket, so that they can, um, they can join Jack Arden in the in the bunker, right? Maybe they just have to go out there and trot out this bullshit, even though they know in their heart of hearts that they don't believe it. But there's something different about this carry admission. He talks about extraterrestrials. He talks about aliens. He looks like the freaking scarecrow. It's not looking good. Let's play this. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up. If you haven't seen it, it's um it's worth 30 seconds of your time. Look at him. He looks like a cadaver. He looks like somebody that just got a makeover at the morgue. You know, they had they had to do the makeover for the open casket. That's what he looks like. All right, let's listen to uh, what he has to say. It's very bizarre. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about 
quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. Do you want this man saving your planet? Really? Look at him. This is what Davos is trotting out. So there are two key sentences in there. Let's play it again. And we'll go over the two key sentences. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings a select group of human beings. Now, what does he mean by that? Does he mean that just because they're there, they happen to be a select group? Or is he using select as a synonym for elite? What he's essentially doing is he's demarcating that they're very important. And the people that aren't in that room are far less important. We already kind of knew that. Well, more than kind of, but he's just reaffirming this. And then let's, let's, let's revisit the extraterrestrial part. Because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, well, you fucked it up. That's the ironic part. He fucked it up. They fucked it up. I'm sorry. I've used fu I don't have to. I'm not going to apologize for using the F bomb. Oops. I can't stay on the, the bookmarks. That right we select. They fucked it up. You fucked it up. And now you're going to save it? If you're going to save it as bad as you fucked it up, we're in trouble. We're in, we're in real trouble if your savior program um, is anything like your destruction program. All right, let's keep going. That group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. It's so almost extraterrestrial. That's a really interesting statement. Because, oh, extraterrestrials save worlds, don't they? Of course, they come down to Earth and uh, give us cool technology and show us the higher path, the golden mean of galactic citizenship. What is Kerry hinting at here? To think about, quote, saving the planet. If you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal. And guess what? They're right except there would be other words that I would use. Certainly an emphasis on crazy. We don't need you to save the planet. The planet can take care of itself. 
what we need saving from is from people like you and your ilk who helped create this situation. You know, do good or whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. And when you stop and think about it. All right, enough of him. Going to take so much. So there's another, this is a, one of the lesser lights at Davos. Who uh, has a wonderful plan to attach the social credit score to climate change. It's another one of their brilliant ideas. The, the problem with these people is that they're walking, talking cliches. Look at this guy. What is this? And I, I know this is his lanyard, but is that like some kind of amulet? If you stare into it too long, it'll hypnotize you. Is that remember those old movies where somebody would have something like that? Look, do you find my amulet? Will be interesting, perhaps even be dazzling. Look at all the facets. Yes, look deeper into it. Support the development of the new and better stuff. We need to punish what we want to have less of to carbon pricing and so on. Uh, and we need to sort of create enabling environments for a speedier uptake of, of a more circular, more renewable, and, and more sort of nature conscious uh, economy across the board. I think uh, those kinds of uh, um, like, uh, uh, activities is uh, really important to get uh, like, uh, acceptance what happened there? Oh, come on. Come on. We need come to, back. you know, both support the development of the new and better stuff. We need to punish what we want to have less punish. of to carbon pricing and so on. Punish. Uh, and we need to sort of create enabling environments for a speedier uptake of, of a more circular, more renewable, and, and more sort of nature conscious sort of, uh, economy sort of across the board. Just sort of. I think uh, those kinds of. Uh, um, like uh, uh, activities is uh, really important to get uh, like uh, acceptance by the soci society. Mm. That is very important. Mm. But at the same time, um, I think uh, more broadly, uh, in order to uh, promote these types of initiative, I think we should think about like uh, how we can measure like a social impact by this kind of uh, use of the uh, AI. And then, uh, in other words, uh, we are talking about like uh, uh, reduction of the uh, uh, CO2 emission in the future, mm. right? So if we can have a clear like uh, uh, calculations or the impact by uh, taking actions, probably that should be uh, like uh, read into the uh, real future uh, like a reduction of the emission. And in other words, I'm talking about incentives or finance to encourage the people to do so. And probably we could think about 
if everything goes well, we could think about like a credit type of things. And then uh, uh, investing into that the preventive things and then uh, they are getting some credit and using it. It's not the gas alone sitting there that's the problem. It's how we use it. It's the burning of it. It's the byproduct of it. And until we can capture those byproducts, uh, there's a certain responsibility that will fall on that industry to live up to the obligations that we've all agreed on. You've all agreed on. We haven't agreed on it. And we're not, we're not even convinced that your scam is even marginally credible, okay? Because the reality, let's talk about the reality. The reality is, is that they are sitting on incredibly advanced systems of energy propulsion. They got it. They have it. And they probably had it for a while. These are the people that scooped up the remnants of whatever Tesla's technology, whoever Tesla was, they scooped up the remnants of that. They've had this stuff for decades. And they want to pawn this shit off on us, right? They want to pawn it off on us and get people to have incentives or be penalized for not complying. That's the real story. It's the technology they've been sitting on and suppressing for a very long time. But they'll roll out this other garbage that is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The world cannot run on wind farms and solar alone. Not with this population. So that gives you some insight as to how they'll solve the energy crisis or the impending energy crisis. You have less people using energy. And even then, the energy that those less people or fewer people use will be doled out to them in a drip line. But they're not looking good. Kerry doesn't look good. It doesn't really sound good. He comes up. I mean, this stuff gets out to the public. It goes viral on Twitter. And they see this blowhard admitting that he's a part of, part of a select group. And that somehow, by some divine call, that they all chose that. And because of that, they're there with a shared purpose. People are watching this and paying attention. It, it, it doesn't play well. It doesn't. And the reason why it doesn't play well is because it has no truth at its core. And you can serve up all these platitudes. You, you can serve up all of these dire scenarios about what's going to happen. 
But if there's no truth at its core, there's no resonance. And there's no resonance is what he's talking about whatsoever. None. It's a fake ideology. It's a synthetic crisis. Now, there may be other crises that we're staring down, but what they're talking about is not it. So when, when he's up there, he's John Kerry has never struck a figure that allows him to be relatable to the quote-unquote common man. Or I, I don't even know any uh, progressives or liberals that would wrap their arms around John Kerry. So I don't know who he appeals to. I, I really don't. He's not going to appeal to the common man. It's like, who are you? What, you, you, you married this, uh, this heiress, this condiment heiress. Can't relate. And then suppose, even when he was running for president, that guy was, he was, he was like sucking fumes. And then all of a sudden, um, the Iowa caucus happened. And it was just like when in 2020, when all the cadavers were running for president, including Biden, Biden was way back in the pack, way back. And who I guess it was the guy from Georgia who endorsed him. I, I forget his name. He was long time, I think, senator or congressman. He endorsed Biden, and then magically, he just started winning everything. The same thing happened to Kerry. Same thing. And then all of a sudden, he found himself as the leading Democratic candidate to face George. It was all a setup, right? Even the Democrats didn't like him. They didn't really like him at all. It just so happened he was foisted upon them. So I don't know, I don't know who he appeals to. But to have him sit up there, stand up there and say that is not going to endear anybody outside of that room to their cause. This is the Aquarian effect. So when he gets up there and, and, and tries to pawn off the uh, high-minded and selfless ideals of taking on the gravity of saving the planet the exact opposite is going to happen just watch just watch now if you're davos and you're and you really want to be smart and you 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 know and this and, and this is theoretically not some kind of theater right and it, it it's all theater on some level but it, but if it's not an intentional theater. Wouldn't you want somebody different? Wouldn't you want somebody different? I would. I'd want, number one, I'd want somebody younger. And maybe they have some of these people that are floating around and, you know, they're giving their speeches and presentations. But how is John Kerry going to sell that 
to this younger generation who's clamoring for the next thing, whatever that is, including climate change. No, you'd want somebody younger to be impassioned, right? They're tone deaf, totally tone deaf. Um, I wanted to play Al Gore. Speaking of tone deaf, let me see if I can find it here on the YouTubes. I talked a little bit about Al Gore this morning. How long is this? Nine minutes. Three years ago, 20, 23 hours ago. I guess he's a regular attendee. He is the grandfather of uh, climate change. Here, let's bring him up. I'll just play a little bit of Al Gore. Mr. Al Gore Rhythm. Coming off as just as big and sweaty and entitled as he ever was. Now go. Mm. If I may call on you, you've been leading this for more than 40 years. Shaping global conversations on climate change, encouraging the development adoption of low carbon technologies. You've promoted climate education and awareness among the youths and the activists. The youths. In fact, uh, I've come across many of these young people who have been inspired by you to join um, environmental uh, sustainability work uh, in, in business. By the way, I love Hat Lady. I love Hat Lady. I saw her talk. She was actually somewhat interesting in a goofy, uh, sort of new agey, healing trauma kind of way. All right, uh, this, this globe in the background is really strange too. Like there are parts where you can see the continents but then what is going on over here? What the hell is this shit? And what's over here? Ooh. Is that the unexplored territory and area of the earth? All right, let, let's hear what, um, what the entitled one has to say. And you've also recently launched satellite technologies to track emissions, whole companies, as well as countries accountable for their pledges. So basically, she's saying that there are theoretical satellites in the air that are spying on people. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what she's saying. These satellites are going to fucking spy. I'm sorry. He's fucking, I, I can't say I'm sorry. They're going to spy on your consumption of energy. Oh, what a great and brilliant use of technology. Johan and Joita. They've tried to make the science simple for us. It was not easy. We gave them only 10 minutes. It is a very complex subject with a lot of intertwining issues and implications. But you've got a lot of experience as a politician, in business, as, being, as well as being an advocate and activist. And today, I'd like to ask you, as a global leader, what advice do you have? He's like, can I, can I get a tug after this? Can I get a tug after this? Can 
I have so much sexual tension in this area. Remember that? <laughs> the massage therapist? She's like, hell no. Get away from me. All right, let's keep going. I have for all of us who want to contribute to be that force for good, what are some of the effective tools and levers that you think we should focus on and pull on as a global community? Well, thank you, um, Gim Hui. I appreciate your leadership. Thank you for inviting me to be on this wonderful panel. And I, I want to compliment Johan and Joyita for their presentation at the beginning. And I'm certainly looking forward to my friend Yo-Yo Ma playing at the end of this panel. You know, we uh, tend to emphasize the, the bad news, and th there is unfortunately a lot of it, but there's a lot of good news as well, and, and I just want to cover some of it. In my country, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is primarily a climate uh, act. <laughs> They're telling you, right, once it was passed, it's like, yep, Cats out of the bag, had nothing to do with inflation. It's a climate act. Proud of that. Proud of lying to people. We're lying for the greater good. Just remember that. If we're lying to you, it's for your benefit. $369 billion, which will actually be much larger than that because the heavy lifting is done by... Oh, and it's even much larger than that. Wow. Thanks for sharing your plans for the bloated budget for the bill that you lied about. Tax credits that are very long-term, some of them actually open-ended, uh, and the early investments that have already been triggered by it uh, give a great deal of reason, uh, many reasons for believing it's going to be much larger than $369 billion. So I'm very encouraged by that. Secondly, in Andrew's home country, Australia, the elections, uh, changed the climate policy of Australia. And then the elections in Brazil changed the climate policies in Brazil. So there is good news. We do have some momentum. The European Union has been mostly successful in balancing the need to respond to the short-term energy crisis caused by Russia's evil and cruel invasion of Ukraine balancing that short-term crisis with the need to accelerate the longer-term transition to renewable energy. There is still a risk that it will get locked into fossil fuel infrastructure that actually increases emissions in the years going forward, and we have to be careful uh, about that. There's more good news as well on the technology front. As Andrew said, we have the technologies we need. The International Energy Agency says for a 50% reduction, we have all the technologies we need with proven deployment models already available to us. The next 50% after 2030, we have the technologies that are in development. We see the pathway uh, to improve them. We know how to get there. Uh, we've already seen last year, if you look at all the new electricity generation installed worldwide, 90% of it was renewable. It's now that it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it more sustainable just because it's renewable. By the way, I saw a story where a guy bought uh, an electric Humvee. Yeah, they actually make electric Humvees. 
took five hours. Was it five hours? I think it might've been longer than that. I think it was five days. It took five days to charge the electric Humvee. Oh yeah, we've come so far with this technology. The cheapest source of electricity in almost the entire uh, planet. Uh, secondly, uh, electric vehicles for the transportation sector. The penetration has reached the 10% level in multiple geographies. That's the point where you often see an inflection uh, going much higher. Norway's already at 50%. All the automakers are going in that direction. Business uh, is leading. Andrew and Mark, of course, uh, are two. You know, this reminds me of, reminds me of They Live. This is, this, is, this is They Live in an updated version. I wish I had my, my, my sunglasses on so I could see this, this uh, alien Cretan who's uh, uh, spewing out the hopium. Wonderful examples. There are many others. And in the uh, WEF this year, I have noticed a, a huge increase in the amount of passion and, uh, and attention being paid by CEOs and other business leaders. It is for real. But as the Secretary General Bad said news. in his brilliant speech uh, earlier today, we are not winning. The crisis is still getting worse faster than we are deploying these solutions. And we need to make changes quickly. Emissions are still going up. All these promises of the last few years to cut emissions, emissions are still going up. When are we going to bring these emissions? Why don't you bring China, if you're so concerned about emissions, why don't you bring China into the discussion? They have no safeguards. They made their own deal. India has no safeguards. Maybe you should bring China over to Team Gore and use the same kinds of restrictions that are being placed on other countries, including this one. Maybe that might make a bit of a difference in your carbon output, even though I don't think carbon is the worst crisis we're facing at all. Down. And, and just to put the science in a, a slightly different context, people are familiar with that thin blue line that the uh, astronauts bring back in their pictures from space. That's the, that's the part of the atmosphere that has oxygen, the troposphere. The, the, the astronauts that are floating around in a stage somewhere on Earth, the ISS crew, those astronauts, is that what you're talking about? Uh, and it's only five to seven kilometers thick. That's what we're using as an open sewer. If you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds, you'd get to the top of that blue line in five minutes and all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day, and the accumulated amount... And yet, they all fly there. They all fly there. They all take their private jets. They all had pilots who were unvaccinated. If they were so concerned 
about the climate, they do this on Zoom. They do it on Zoom every damn year. But they don't because they're hypocrites, they're liars, they're selling you a fairy tale, and they're hoping and praying that they hook a few fish along the way. All right. This is the part that I was alluding to earlier. So I've been revisiting the movie, The Prestige, which is a great movie. I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan. I think post-Kubrick, Nolan is probably the best post-Kubrick director. Um, I like David Fincher too, but I think Nolan has the, the, the Kubrickian style down building scenes, characters, all the stuff that goes on, right. And revealing certain things in his films, just like Stanley Kubrick did. Now he may not have had a front row seat in the same way that Kubrick had. Kubrick was, uh, he shared a, a, an apartment with Arthur C. Clarke, I believe in Paris, for a period of time. Talk about a front row seat. That's how the relationship in 2001 all played out. So in the prestige, there's some very interesting things. I've talked about this before that are embedded in the movie. And one of the things that Christopher Nolan and illustrates, and this is what, what magicians will tell you, is that the illusion begins even before you step into the theater. The illusion begins even before you step into the theater. There are things that are put into place that add to the sleight of hand, the prestidigitation, right? To get you to believe something that on the surface is unbelievable. And I've talked about this before, and it's the scene where Christian Bale um, and um, Wolverine are watching a magic trick. And Hugh Jackman sees this trick and is bedazzled by the trick, right? And the trick is that there's this Chinese magi magician who comes out He's old. I used this before uh, as, an, as a, an example. He comes out, he's old, and he's able to do something that is remarkable. He's able to make this bowl of fish appear out of nowhere. And Christian Bale's character understands that there's more to the illusion than just the trick itself. And when when the uh, 
presentation, when the show's over, they walk outside and they watch this older Chinese magician get into his carriage. And Christian Bale looks at Hugh Jackman. He says, that's part of the trick. So what was he referring to? He was referring to the fact that the magician is not as old as he's purporting to be. That's an act. That's to get people to think that a feeble old man would not be capable of the core strength and uh, the ability to contort one's body while moving and be able to haul a bowl of fish along with them underneath their um, their tunic, right? That's part of the act. But he's not old. He's younger. He's fit. He can do these things. So what is, what's going on in the world? What, what are we seeing? Especially here in the United States, Washington, D.C., we have Joe Biden, of which I think there are at least four or five versions of Biden. That's part of the trick. The ineptitude is part of the trick. That's part of the setup. The village idiot, the stammering, doddering old man. Part of it. The other part of the trick is Kamala Harris, who has demonstrated nothing but an ability to prattle on in some sort of sing-song circular justification, rationalization of whatever her current state of reality is. You know what I'm talking about. So the idea is that you have doddering old man, senile old man, and this ditzy, unqualified sidekick. Is that really who they are? Is that what's really happening? So I'm going to give you two scenarios here that I think are taking place. And they're not that far afield. First of all, I think the whole Biden thing is an act. It's a total act. The Kamala thing is an act as well. That's an act. So they're they're leading you to believe, oh, she's just a dingbat. Oh, he's just a senile old fool who, who leaves documents in his Corvette. That's part of the magic trick. Part of the magic trick is that you think he's president. But who's really president? And I'm not going to bring Trump into this because there are some people say, well, Trump is president. Maybe. Based on what we know, though, and based on what I'm about to show you, is that the real president 
is Kamala Harris. Remember, they just had a meeting with the Golden State Warriors. And they held up the jerseys. Biden was 46, but Harris was one. She was the one. They're telling you. And I'm going to play this video and that little reveal with the uniforms is not the only tell. So get ready to check this out. Now, some of you may have seen this. If you haven't, I'm going to play it, play it again. If you haven't, I'm going to play it again. If you haven't, pay close attention to what Karine Jean-Pierre is saying here. Listen to this now. This Sunday, the president will speak about the fight to secure women's fundamental right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. She will talk about what's at stake for millions of women across the country and most importantly, the need for Congress to codify the protections of Roe into law. Did you hear that? This Sunday, the president will speak about the fight to secure women's fundamental right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. The president will speak. Listen to the next sentence. She will talk about what's at stake for millions of. She will talk. She. She. Is that a Freudian slip? Or is Karen telling you what's really going on. Who's the real president? Or who is the acting president? Did you see how Joe Biden got on his knee to her too? I'll play it again one more time for you. The fight to secure women's fundamental right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. She will talk about what's at stake for millions of women across the country and most importantly, the need for Congress to codify the protections of Roe into law. Of Roe into law, not even Roe v. Wade, Roe into law. One more time for the win. Here we go. This Sunday, the president will speak about the fight to secure women's fundamental right to reproductive health care in the face of these attacks. She will talk about what's at stake for millions of women across the country. She, it, it, you know, the whole language thing is you know, part, of, part, of the, uh, part of the arcana, right? It's part of the spell. Talk about reproductive rights and women's health care. No, what you're really talking about is taking lives, aborting, aborting children. That's what you're really talking about here. But of course, they can't come right out and tell you that. They have to, they have to dress it up into its uh, much more glamorous uh, rags. So who do you think is president, really? That's an open-ended question. I think she just told you, and I think it's only a matter of time 
before that becomes official. Now, I put my butt on the line, and I predicted that Harris would be president by March. Because it lines up with her chart. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe she's always been the president. Think about it. That's a magic trick. That is a magic trick. And a bad magic trick at that. All right. Um, I'm going to get out of here. I wish I could leave you some positive. Well, maybe I can just play Martin Denny again. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Just walk away from today's show. Knowing that you don't have to see that jackass horse face again. In that capacity. In New Zealand, congratulations. I hope today you can breathe a little easier without a mask. No matter who takes the reins, it won't be her. And I think that's the most positive thing I'd come up with. Just live with it. Savor the victory, however brief. Sometimes they're few and far between. All right, use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible. Over on YouTube tomorrow, we're going to have Shauna home, my good friend Shauna. We're going to talk about um, her work and what she's doing, what she's up to. Uh, a lot of it is very interesting. And I always love having Shauna on my show. Catch us over on the Levitt House on YouTube. Take good care. Have a great day. Bye for now.